Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to say 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. I'm just going to let this go for a little bit. You guys liking this intro music? Do you remember where you parked your car bag milk? What? Gonna go ahead and give a shout out to a local, local producer, Lot D. We told Jared we wanted to do a little uh, local band, local music promo at the beginning and end of these podcasts. And he's picking out some fresh tracks. That one by Lot D. What do you guys think? Good? This is probably the perfect time for Chris to take the shot that he has to take for the podcast because he didn't win the group chat bet that we had during the shootout. little background on that, please, Coom. Go ahead. So right when the Oilers started the shootout, because I'm going through a big kick on prop bets right now. It's kind of my talk hobby. about that as well. Really into, really into betting. We've been meaning to talk to you about this. Yeah. This is, you're in a safe place here. So what I did is they start, the, they start the shootout and I say, all right, quick prop bet. Guess how many rounds this shootout is going to go. And whoever is right gets to pick. Who takes a shot on the podcast? And Jared, the producer of the podcast, who you guys never hear, he's sitting over there making a fist right now. He's got a shot ready for Chris, the intern, because Chris was wrong. Jared was correct. Okay, wait, I just thought of something. The shootout went, what, five rounds? The shootout went five rounds. Jared picked six. It I was guess, Price is Right style. You guessed three. I guessed three. So you're out. So I guess four. Price is Right rules. No, 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 no but it's whoever but is the lowest without over. going over. Without going over. Yeah, man. Yeah, you and Jared went over. No. no, he didn't. He picked five. You're, he went, you're thinking about it reverse-wise. Technically, <laughs> No, because I if, if even if you were correct, then I win and I because I picked four. Like, my guessing three is equivalent to uh, guessing one in Price is Right. Like, I, I went under. The entire prep of this show, Chris has been trying to get away. Yeah, to get Chris has been trying to avoid this shot of vodka. It's sitting right beside me. I'm looking at it. Jared also, has been pointing at Chris has, the entire time. Jared hasn't even uh, picked a person to do the shot. Bag yet. milk Chris. is the adjudicator. Ah. <laughs> Bag Jared milk just is the adjudicator of this Chris, I was not involved in the bet. I was working on the wrap-up. I was doing some tweets, but I was supervising, and down the hatch it goes. There's a straight shot of vodka for Chris at 11.30 in the morning on a Friday. I was doing the tweets, and how was, I still made the bet. How was that? Was that delightful? It was fine. 
<laughs> I want to thank, of course, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant for hooking us up with this. Go give them a follow on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. I Go can't remember. see our friends at Sherwood Ford for all of your vehicular needs and follow Jay as he travels around the city and take pictures of his truck and hashtag that with nation truck. You will be entered to win a hundred dollar gas card. I'm getting all sweaty now. I don't remember the last time I did a vodka shot. That's like, not how vodka shots work. Nobody should ever take a vodka yeah, shot, if I'm being honest. Like, it's fine, but... Are you doing that? Are you getting the hot tub mouth where it, like, bubbles up in your mouth and you're swallowing the saliva and the whole thing? No, I just got, like, I'm wearing a hoodie and it's kind of hot in here, but I'm it's just, like, hot in here, man. I'm even more hot now than I was a minute ago. You are very attractive as well. Thank I you. also want to, before we start this podcast, I want to give a shout out to uh, Jay's Club Monaco sweater that he's wearing today. I didn't know we had gone back to the early 90s, but I was impressed. I think he is also wearing Bugle Boy jeans. I can't confirm. I'll go flip the tag up on those when I get back upstairs, but shout out to Jay's Club Monaco sweater. Now, boys, I want to talk about the Oilers are on a two-game win streak for the first time since early December, and I want to get your take on the two wins. The first one was the 7-2 route over the, over the Sabres, despite the fact that they were heavily outshot. That was a hell of a game by Koskinen there. And then the 3-2 shootout win over Vancouver was just a couple of days ago. I want to get your take on both of those wins. Cam, I'll start with you. What do you think about that win against Buffalo? I was at the win against Buffalo. I didn't realize I was going to the game until about 6.45, so I showed up halfway through the first period. And as soon as I showed up, Milan Lucic saw that I was in the audience and he started to turn on the Jets and he buried a couple of goals. And I thought that was a big game changer. But no, like in all seriousness, I, it was one of those classic cases, I think, of a game that the, the shot clock doesn't really tell the story. It was kind of a one lot of those, outside shots. Yeah, it was one of those. The fancy stats are inaccurate stories. Buffalo was a train wreck in their own zone. And a big reason why the Oilers had so few shots, despite being in Buffalo's zone a lot, is because, you know, they had the ability to like set up for quality chances. They didn't have to just fire from the outside like Buffalo was doing. Like the Sabres were just coming down and shooting wrist shots from everywhere. And then in their own zone, it was just a nightmare. The Oilers, you know, had tons of time to set up, put together quality chances. And honestly, I'm surprised it didn't end up with like 10 goals. One of the few uh, kind of games where I would agree that getting 43 shots for the Sabres didn't necessarily mean 43 shots. Chris, thoughts? I think the common denominator dominate. Oh, is Common Chris, dominator. Chris is drunk. Chris is drunk. <laughs> I think the common denominator for both these games, uh, besides Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, and Leon Drysaddle, is Miko Koskinen. Miko Koskinen had very strong games in both. I thought. Yeah, I think uh, I think that was the answer that we've been looking for, which may relate back to a future conversation we need to have about the answer. Uh, but Miko Koskinen stood on his head both games. Um, he made saves when we needed him, and goaltending something we haven't really. Uh, had uh, consistently over the last couple months, months at least, and uh, hopefully he can continue this. Dan, I wanted to bring up Koskinen as well because in that game against Vancouver, he allowed two goals on 11 shots. Oilers got a little bit of luck with the hitch block and the coach's challenge, the offside review. That would have been three and 12, which is a lot uglier than three and, or two and 11. What do you think about Koskinen over these last two wins? Well, I think you kind of hit it on the head there too. Uh, the last two or three losses that we've had, there's been pucks go in off of defensemen. There's been pucks that went in off of Connor Garland's face. There was a puck that bounced off the backboards right into Carl- Connor Garland's skate and then into the net. I think a lot of a lot of what happened in the last two games has just been 
the hockey gods smiling down on us again. Uh, the Canucks had three or four empty nets that they missed wide open shots on. Um, we had uh, we had that uh, the two saves in that game by Russell uh, and Nurse, who came up big for us so with the goal line stops. And then, like you said, the, the offside that I was actually listening to the game uh, from Stoffer and, uh, and Jack at that point, and they didn't believe that it was offside. So it was, I think it was a good, uh, good, good help of luck. Wasn't the off, was the offside? I think, uh, yeah, I was at work for that one. So I didn't get to really see, under, no, understand no, what happened. Was it the one guy with his skate or was it the guy changing? It was the guy changing. Because they it, were both offside then. Because the one guy, uh, his left foot came off the ice before the puck went in. Therefore, his right foot was leading the way. That would have put him in off the side position as well. That was Sutter. Yeah, um, but the biggest reason, the biggest thing is going on right now is they're getting they're getting secondary scoring. I honestly don't believe our goaltending has changed all that much in the last mm, couple months. Here, it's been up and down. You know, within a certain level of of standards. Here, I honestly still believe Talbot's the better goaltender. I'd be playing him a lot more than I would Koskinen right now. But I think there's an organizational decision where. They're really pushing Koskinen to see what they're going to do for next year because I'm not 100% sold on them bringing back Talbot. But the biggest thing that's going on right now is they're actually getting scoring from away from the top two lines. So when you have JJ out there scoring and you can get some out of Cassian and Lucic, if we can get that for the rest of the year, we can sneak, we can take that first spot in the uh, wild card. And I think trying to co- close the gap between us and Vegas, that 11 points right now is going to be really tough. But if we get that secondary scoring, we'll sneak in with a wild card spot. Man, if we were getting secondary scoring this whole season, imagine where we'd be. Even just like half the games would be cool. Half the games, yeah. Maybe a quarter of the games would be cool. I'm not I'm not being greedy, Cam. Well, you guys have talked about the goalies, so I looked at their last seven starts. Uh, looking at their last seven starts, Koskinen has had four games under 900 for a save percentage, but he's got three wins. Talbot has three games under 900 with two wins. So to me, they've both been very inconsistent. And I think that's obviously a problem when you have both your goalies kind of being on the roller coaster ride. I think that no matter which team it is, you're not going to have a good time. Thoughts, Cam? You're sh- shaking your head yes. This is accurate. A key to winning in the NHL is goaltending. The Oilers with this duo at any given time should have a pretty good goalie. It's hard to imagine both Talbot and Koskinen going cold. It happened for about a week and a half. But for the rest of the season, I know we talked. Um, it was a while ago. Pe- there was a rumor that came out that said, Cam Talbot was someone the Oilers could trade. And I think it came out again when Ryan Rashog tweeted out. Full Oilers. court press. Full court press. They have every single fucking scout in the organization out there trying to find a forward. And they're like, you know, it's going to be difficult with the cap, so they could move Talbot. I don't think that's a prudent idea. I think you want to have both guys down the stretch. Because even though he used to be the answer, for about 45 minutes one night when we were really drunk at the pint, Al Montoya was the answer. I do not <laughs> want Al Montoya being the Edmonton Oilers backup down the stretch. No, you need that someone. Bad, bad you need someone more established to him, and it it, it makes things inter- interesting because they do have an important decision coming up on what to do with goaltending. And I, you need the rest of the half. You need to look at them for the rest of, rest of the season uh, to, to determine which goalie to take, or if you want both goalies. I don't know. It's a it's a toss up for me right now, and I need like thirty five more games to watch the goalies and figure out what to do. Do you think there is any risk of going through the trade deadline having both of these guys without moving any of them based on asset management, Dan? I mean, I don't know. The, the, there's people in this organization, and I think Peter Shirley is one of them, 
that uh, believe that this team is one or two trades away from competing uh, deep into the playoffs. And I just don't know if that's true or not. I think that if we're going to continue with Peter Shirelli as our GM, I think we just need to stand pat with what we have right now. See what happens. You make the playoffs with Connor McDavid. Anything can happen. Right now, getting deep into the playoffs isn't front of mind right now. I just want to get in the playoffs, and I'm honestly with our roster. I would expect nothing less to be out of the first round, which is frustrating when you have the best player on your team or the best player in the world. Oh yeah, it is team. frustrating. Have but, you guys? Uh, do you guys remember 2006? We yeah. weren't expected to do anything there. Well, that was the, they were one of the biggest fake eight seeds ever yeah i think of a full season with like spot check and uh rollison and tarnstrom i have a hard time believing you others finish eight well i think i'm gonna say it was pretty much 44 that got us through that i know i love all the help from spot check and dicky t and uh sergey samsonov hey loved him he was goals oh buddy that guy pass over to hammer in game six round one it's funny how we all remember that so well yeah, with the amount of 13, alcohol I drank after, I should not remember years any of ago. That. Yeah, thirteen years ago, and you can remember like a specific pass that led to a goal. Oh, I was I was watching the YouTube video yesterday. All the goals from the 06 yeah, yeah. runs. <laughs> the <laughs> hair why. just stands up on your arms. You get all excited. Yeah, do you think a team like the, say Penguins, who's been in the playoffs like forever in the last? Well, I'll go Blackhawks. I don't know. Choose a team. You think they remember a specific pass that happened like six to eight years ago? Probably not. Depends on what happened the rest of that go. I mean, if they were out in the first set, in the first round, maybe not. But if it took them all the way to the end, then for sure. I, have, I agree with Chris here, though. I think the Penguins and Chicago fans are just spoiled brats. I have way more. <laughs> That's what I, was I have at. way more vivid memories from the 06 run than I do the uh, the 2017 run. Chances are that's because you were way drunker in the 2017. I, I was infinitely more sober as a 12-year-old in 06 than I was when I first started working here full-time and you guys put me through my initiation during the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying is uh, there was a lot of alcohol introduced to your brain. One thing I want to talk about for these from this last win against Vancouver is the OT. Three-on-three OT is probably the best thing the NHL has done in ages. And it almost felt anticlimactic to me to have to have it settled in the shootout. So here's my idea. I've tabled this before. I want to bring this to you guys now. What do you think about extending the three-on-three from five minutes to 10 minutes, abolishing the shootout? Now, here's why I think that works. Everybody's going to be like, oh, well, you can't have Connor playing 10 minutes in OT. That's my fucking point. Then you get the third and fourth liners from all teams in the mix. And then all of a sudden, the matchup game gets a lot more interesting. The mistakes are getting made. The matchups are going to go wrong somewhere. It is going to be wild, wild west. And I can't imagine a lot of games would get through 10 minutes of that in a tie. I don't know what kind of physical state I'd be after 10 minutes of OT. Oh, as a fan, you'd have a heart attack. I was happy. I was almost happy the OT ended after five because (laughs) my body couldn't take any more intensity. So you do not like my 10 minute OT? No, I don't. Cam? I think, yeah, the 10 minute OT is one thing. But the really important thing is getting rid of the loser point because the Vancouver game, that like final 15 minutes of the third period was so bad because you could tell both teams are going for the overtime. And the overtime was fantastic. So I agree, like extend that 20 minutes, half an hour, six hours. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like give me, give me three on three the whole time. Like make the league NHL hits. Like I'm all in. But you need to get rid of the loser point. I would, I would honestly take the tie back over having loser points and shootouts. I, don't, I never had a problem with ties. It just, it always, oh, no, I hate or ties. you would have to go to a three point win in regulation yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I've talked about that too. Dan, what do you think about it? my idea of extending the OT? Well, I mean, yeah, the 
the three on three OT is just absolute crack on ice and it's it's hard to look away from. There's some things that I think that they could do to make the five minutes even better. Uh perhaps a over and back rule where you can't go back over the blue line once you cross it. Uh, would would help enforce a lot of action because a lot of teams like the Oilers second puck on the ice just, bonus puck just play the <laughs> yeah. they just play the puck in possession game and they and they exit the zone and then they go do their line changes it's it just can it can kill the well you can do that floating blue line thing where once you cross like the blue ball line the ball yeah, hockey, the ball hockey thing line. where you cross the blue line now you're in the zone but to leave the zone again you got to cross center the NHL has okay. so many more problems to fix before they start altering OT that's not really a problem though it's just trying to add to the, add yeah. to the fun just turn it, the clock honestly just just turn the clock off. You don't need a five minute, ten totally. minute. Doesn't matter. Six hours. Because in the NBA, shit. they have those like like fourth overtimes. It's good stuff. Yeah, but they do like five. They do five yeah, minute yeah. whatever, right? Because the, the people's problem is they're like, oh, like the TV slot isn't long enough. We can't have overtime go more than fucking ten minutes. Well, they don't want the players playing that much. Is what the. Yeah, I also think the PA has something. To say it's the about PA it. that doesn't want to do it, right? Because they don't. If you do playoff overtime, you put two of those in a row, and you guys are playing. These guys are playing ridiculous amounts of minutes all of a sudden. True. Yeah, just turn the just turn the clock off and let them go. It's hockey gonna, players it's rarely going to go ten minutes, anyways. Hockey players are soft. Baseball players are tough. In baseball, <laughs> games can go nineteen yeah. innings, and they will be back out there the next day at noon. Yeah, and they play one hundred and sixty-two games. I just a year. think it would be so interesting to have the the guys that don't belong on a three-on-three three in the mix. It would just it would just add a completely different layer to the onion, and I love the three-on-three three so much. I just it bums me out when games end in a shootout after a really good three-on-three. Three. Anyway. We got to give a shout out to our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant. Go check them out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Boys, we are coming up to the trade deadline. We are about, what, six weeks away-ish, give or take. Yeah. And the Oilers rumors have been coming out a lot lately. Ryan Rashog just this last week said that they are in full court press to try and get some forward help. Some of the names that have been floated have been Jesse Pugliarvi is being available. The first round pick this year is being available. I have very strong concerns about allowing Pistol Picciarelli to make his way through another trade deadline, given the work he's done since he's got here, really. I mean, yes, there are a handful of good trades, but the majority of them are bad. My question for you guys is... Let's assume that Peter Shirelli is going to go through the trade deadline because the Oilers are the Oilers, and that seems like a very Oilery thing to do. In your opinion, if he is in control at the deadline, which is February 25th, I believe, what would be a successful deadline day for the Oilers? Dan? Uh, getting rid of some of the pickups he's already made. So if <laughs> that's, he can, that's beyond successful. So if he can, if he can get Ryan Spooner out of here for... Maybe a draft pick, seventh round. Yeah, uh, oh, if he could, if he could get some somebody to take on Brandon Manning at this point, that's just. Um, I don't think he gets out of either one of those. He might be able to get a Spooner. I think Manning. You have to do bad contract for bad contract. Like you could probably swap Spooner for like Dale Weiss, who the Flyers had on waivers recently, like that kind of thing. Like similar bad contracts, bad players, but like you're not going to get like a pick for Spooner. If we can get out of this and not lose any top six roster players or anybody under the age of 22, if if Pete's still in control, I think we have to consider that a check mark. I think next weekend's really going to be a, a determiner on who's the GM going for, forward. I think over that that week off, they will sit down and try and figure it out. Because if you don't have faith in Chirelli, you can't allow him to take it into the uh, 
into the trade deadline. So if he can, if he makes it through next weekend, then he's here for the rest of the season. Oh yeah. And then, yeah, no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be awfully sweaty come February 25th. Around the table real quick. Do you think everybody think P is going to be here through the trade deadline? Dan? I do now. Yeah. They've won two games. Chris? Yeah, I think so. Cam? Will be, but shouldn't be. Yeah, and I agree with that too. It's a very oily thing to do. To me, a winning deadline would be, like you guys said, trying to clear out some of that dead weight from the bottom half of the roster. The, the problem is other GMs don't want it. No. Do you mean in 31 Thoughts this past week, Elliot Friedman honestly made me burst out laughing out loud when he said, and Edmonton has made everyone aware that Ryan Spooner's available for trade. Like, great, great. Like, so what? Nobody I'm cares. also available as an unrestricted free agent to sign. Yeah, sign Coom. He will be able to sit in the press box just as well as Spooner and Brandon Manning can. In fact, in fact, he might tell you some jokes while he's up there. You'll be entertained. Chris, what do you think about having Coom as a free agent signing for the for the Oilers at the deadline? Yeah, I'd take him. I, uh, he's a good locker room guy, good shower guy. Uh, knows lots of jokes. <laughs> Did you just say a good, good shower, shower guy? guy? Yeah, shower joke guy. Everyone oh. needs a shower joke guy. I'm the kind of guy who is the first one in the shower, the last one out. <laughs> <laughs> Always telling jokes. Exactly. Asking trivia questions in the shower. Yesterday on the nation, yesterday on the nation, Dusty went through the TSN trade board and kind of put his most likely targets uh, that the Oilers may try to acquire. Um, so I want to pick his top three. His top three was Matt Zuccarello from the Rangers, Michael Furland from Carolina, and Ryan Dezingle from Ottawa. And my, I'm curious if any of those names kind of tickle your fancy. And if they do, what would you think is a realistic trade to acquire them? Cam? I have a feeling the Oilers, they're saying they're shopping the first, but I think they're adverse to moving it personally. I would bet that they're going to try and convince other teams to take Pugliarby rather than the first. And I think that's what they're, they're going to dangle as their, their thing to acquire a rental. And I, I just have this weird feeling that it's going to be like Pugliarby for Matt Zuccarello. That's Do you just, like that trade? No, no, I don't, I don't I like never. it at all. Like I, I, I really have a hard time believing Pugliarby is going to pan out in Edmonton. And I think that's more on the organization than the player. I wouldn't mind moving Pugliarby. Like we saw a trade yesterday, or I guess on Thursday, depending on when you listen to the podcast, uh, between Minnesota and Carolina, Victor Rask for a you know, Nino reader. Like if you're going to trade Pugliarby, I'd rather it be for a guy that's under control because at least, you know, you get another project that can stick around. But like like Zuccarello or Dezingle, like while well, they will probably help the team make the playoffs now and they, they bolt in July, it's kind of like, well, there's a, there's a real waste of an asset, right? Exactly. There. Chris, what do you do? Do you like any of those names, Zuccarello, Furland, or Dezingle? Like, I don't hate them, but I just I can't think of anyone who I would give up in our uh, no one in our top six for sure. Not Pugliarvi. Like Cam makes a good point about uh, finding someone that will stick with the team and not just like who will be gone in the summer. Dan, I I I want Dezingle if I'm if I'm picking any of those guys out of that group, but. I, it scares me to think that we'd have to give up Jesse for him. And well, the thing is, is that I, I wouldn't hate, like I could say goodbye to Jesse Pugliarvi, no, but not with Peter Trelli trading. Cause I know our, our return isn't going to be good enough. It's yes. A Pugliarvi. Uh, sorry. Pugliarvi yes. from Magnus. No, you want to sleep. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think I honestly, I don't think they do. They are going to move Pugliarvi. I think it came out early and that might've been like a Pete thing trying to get it out there. And once the rest of the guys up there, put down their glass of red wine and heard about the story, they kind of put the uh, the kibosh on that. The first round, I think it's available. It's going to be very expensive. 
And if you can come at them with something that's attainable, that's going to be the guy's going to be here for a couple of years. Sure. I'm okay with that. If that guy gets you into the first round of the playoffs, that's now a 15, 16 pick. It's not the end of the world. Plus we do have a decent amount of uh, younger guys coming on their, on their way up. I mean, you always want an extra first round pick, but uh, Pooley RV doesn't go anywhere. I'd love to be able to get Zuccarello, but he's too expensive and he's a UFA. So you can't really spend anybody on him. Pete's put us in a spot where we have no assets to make any of these trades. So unless he pulls out another Maroon out of his ass, I don't see anybody of any type of substance coming in. Hey, Maroon could be had. He's a, he's Patrick Maroon's an impending free agent in St. Louis, not playing very well. Could have him. Probably be a, probably be a cheap uh, acquisition as well to bring Patty back. You know, he'd be pumped to be back here. Um, is there anybody kind of like a player type that they need? I know a lot of people are talking about Wayne Simmons, but to me that doesn't make sense as he's going to be a UFA and he's going to cash in a massive check in July as well. Cam, you wrote about it on the nation this past week, why the Oilers should avoid shopping for UFAs. Can you just do a quick run through of why you think that's a bad idea? Yeah. So I did a post uh, back last weekend and I just thought, all right, the Oilers this year realistically aren't set up to go deep in the playoffs. It just, I mean, the reality of the roster is, you know, they're they're good enough to be a playoff team, but they probably lose in the first round. Maybe they make it to the second round. They're just not a serious contender. And teams like that don't, you don't give up your first round pick, which is like, it's it's key for the Oilers to continue floating in first round picks to their roster, given their cap situation. So you can't give away those like long-term assets for a one-year run. So I went and found kind of like, a longer list of guys that have term on their contract guys like Braden Shen. He's got another couple years left. Tyler Toffoli is another one. Teo Vuteravainen in Carolina and then defensemen like Sammy Vatten and Dougie Hamilton, Justin Falk, um, Jake Muzzin. Those are the kind of guys that you can give up a first round pick to get because they're all going to be here also for next year. And the team could be in better shape to actually make damage in the playoffs next year, like depending on, you know, San Jose could step take a step back if um, Eric Carlson leaves via free agency. Maybe the Flames are overachieving this year. Maybe Vegas is overachieving. I don't know. Maybe the Oilers can rise up and be a better team. It's just right now that's not a thing. And you want to get a guy that can sure help you this year, but ultimately help you long term if that's what you're going to be sacrificing. Long story short, the Oilers are not the Tampa Bay Lightning. Giving up a first round pick for like a UFA ad to make a deep run. It's just it's it's pointless. It's yeah. bad asset management. Um, does anybody like the idea of trading a first or pulley RV for UFAs? Anybody around the horn real fast, Dan? Nope. Chris? Not if no. Cam not already a, know. Rick is nodding. No as well. Actually, I'm okay. If we trade the first round pick for, if it's lottery protected, I don't mind that Yeah. for UFA it's though, for like, for a good UFA, I'm not saying like the, you're, you're going after, you know, even just a package of UFAs, but it's probably safe to say that any UFA that comes through Edmonton is not going to want to stay here. Well, I don't know if that's true exactly, but that's a very negative spin on that, Chris. Oh, you well, really ruined my Friday, man. Yeah, just like plug him right next to Connor and just be like, hey, you guys, maybe you can like hang out. You go out for some dinner. Yeah, that'd be, nice. be amazing. But then he gets like two months of feeling the pressure it is in Edmonton and then like all the heat you get from Matt. Yeah, but that, stuff the like that. pressure, if they get into the playoffs with this guy, that guy's never going to want to leave because this is the best city in the world if you want to, if they actually make the playoffs. We damn near broke a billion dollar arena there a couple years ago. <laughs> you were there that thing was bouncing yeah the kings this right. morning that thing dude. was bouncing if you get that guy walking around that building he's seeing that type of energy he's All gonna right. want to stay he's living in connor's basement 
That's a good life for me. Tell me who's got a better one. That's like Crosby living in Mario's basement. Crosby still hasn't left Pittsburgh. I don't think he's left uh, Mario's basement yet. I wouldn't have. You make a good point. You make a good point. But what if they acquire the player and it's like it is outside today and it's cold as fuck? It's icy. It's not not nice outside. You know what? We've had a very mild winter by Edmonton standards. Thank you very much to global warming. Apologize to the coastal cities. However, (laughs) deep here in near the mountains, we are appreciative. Uh, So all this is basically speculation as we lead up to the trade deadline. We're going to talk about it a lot over the next five, six weeks until we get there. One thing that did happen for certain this week was the addition of one Colby Cave a waiver pickup from the Boston Bruins. That, I believe it's pronounced Covey. If he wants to French it up and call himself Covey, that's fine. But I'm calling him the Spreelunker. It is Colby Cave. This season, he has 21 games played, one goal, four assists for five points. In his first game with the Oilers, he played 935 and had one shot on goal. What was your thoughts when you saw the Oilers picking up Colby, Cave, Covey, Covey? <laughs> well, well, he's a Boston draft pick. Trelly drafted him. So, I mean, go figure. Sign him as a free agent. That was, was actually one of his last moves. It was a before last before he was fired as Bruins GM. You just he did. as soon as a guy comes into the organization, you have to look to see the connection oh, yeah, to Shirelli. And it's funny because right before that happened, there's a meme going around about how Shirelli's probably googling former uh, Boston picks and pickups and stuff. And uh, there he goes. He has to Google his own picks and pickups. No, sorry. The, the, I wouldn't be surprised meme, if he had to Google his own picks. The meme where Oilers scouts googling. Uh, prior to uh, Shirelli. Sentence. Thoughts on the Colby Cave pickup? Did you care? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Indifferent? I was a fan of it just for the fact that it moves Jujar, it ostensibly moves Jujar to the left wing again. I agree. He had a he had a, a couple games there where he was playing center and he just didn't look as comfortable as, as he has on the wing. And, and for a team that has as much struggle on the wing as we do, I think it's effective to have him move up and down the lineup if you need him to be. And we saw it against Vancouver. I know it's shorthanded and it doesn't, wasn't like a five on five goal or anything, but Jujar Kara's goal against Vancouver was a fucking beauty. Oh, it's great. Great little spin, beautiful shot. I like the idea of moving Jujar up in the lineup. So I understand why Colby cave was picked up. Cam, what do you think? I think Colby cave is a, 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 a perfect poor man's Ryan Strom acquisition. It would have been nice if the Oilers could have just kept the Ryan Strom they had and kept him in that role. But now they have another bottom six center, which they only had one of when they inexplicably got rid of Ryan Strom. Yeah, if he could just handle that fourth line center or, you know, kind of split third and fourth with Brodziak, uh, I think he win a couple of face-offs. Does he kill penalties at all? Probably. Probably, yeah. If, if you're, you get if you're in the league that, and you're that guy, you don't kill penalties. Really, all it does is it does loosen up JJ to go uh, play on the left side. I think he's better suited on the second or third line on a, on a proper team. But right now, we don't really have anybody that can uh, take that first. So, yeah, no, sneak him up there with Connor. He can skate with him. He's got some hands and he's got some moves, man. He, he knows what he's doing with the puck. So if he gets a little bit of confidence in him, he can get a couple for us. Well, if there's one thing we know about Peter Shirelli, it's his player assessment. And uh, so for him to have... Uh, to, Gotten, gone out and got his guy off waivers. That's huge. <laughs> yep. Do you like this addition more, less, or about equal to when they picked up Valentin Zikov off waivers about a month ago? See, this is the thing is we've seen so many bottom six forwards, so many bottom pairing defensemen come in and out of this organization. It's just like hard to believe in anyone anymore. I like it's it. It's depressing. I like it for the fact that it gets Gambardella out of the lineup. 
And I think I think that's something that the team needs more of is guys that can the guys that we can take a flyer on. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of risk to it. The Zekoff thing, okay, it didn't work out, so he's gone and he's gone to Vegas, or he was going to be down on our farm team. Either way, it's fine. I just I think that it's important to get a guy like Gambardella out of his uh, playing who's playing out of his weight class, and uh, and now he's back in the AHL working on his game. Uh, if we could do that with a guy like Yamamoto or Puliarvi, that would be ideal. Here we are. Cam, are you a big Colby Cave guy? I'm glad they picked Colby Cave on waivers because I wouldn't be surprised if the Bruins could have talked Chirelli into doing like Yamamoto <laughs> for Cave or something. So Looking thank, back. Thank fuck he was on waivers. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back at Zikov really quickly, he played five games in Edmonton, didn't do jack shit. He's only played once in Vegas. I assume he'll be hitting the waiver wire again shortly. Do we like Zikov like on, on the whole or... Like what were what was everybody's opinion well, of Zeke? You can take him on your hole anytime you want. <laughs> I found it was kind of it was I was indifferent. You know what? He didn't do anything here. He got sent down. He's not doing anything in Vegas. He's not even playing in Vegas. So cave, the cave acquisition makes more sense because you're more likely to grab a guy on waivers that works in your bottom six. Whereas Zekov, it's kind of like okay, if you can't hack it in the top six, you're not playing because you're not playing on the fourth line because you're like a, kind of a scorer. But yeah. with Cave, it's like I don't know. It's it's more of a it's an easier role to, to morph into if you're just a mediocre player. Cave's at a six seventy six hundred seventy five thousand. He signed this year. He signed next year. He could uh, he could settle into a, a fourth line role. We'll see. You know Give what I mean? A four year deal right now. Hey, lock him up if he gets a <laughs> if he gets a little run here. Why not? That's the price you pay. Hey, if he scores a goal, I made a prop bet with a guy on Twitter. If Cam's, Cave scores Cam's a, gambling problem rears so yeah, yeah, again. Like I said, since I got back from Vegas, I've been all about prop bets. And I've got I, I, uh, this guy on Twitter bet me if Colby Cave scores a goal as an Edmonton Oiler, then he has to buy an authentic Colby Cave jersey. Do you and think, if like, he doesn't? And if he doesn't, then I'm buying a um, Peter Chiarelli jersey that every game next year I have to visibly wear. That I go to. <laughs> that, that was a tough bet. You know, I like these prop bets. We're going to continue on this conversation. I just want to give a shout out to our friends at Get Sauced. Go check them out at GetSauced.com. We are doing giveaways of their delicious sauces on Inside the Nation on Mondays, Chris. We are sending those out on a weekly basis, and you are going to enjoy it. Now, go check them out, GetSauced.com. Give them a call, 780-462-2418. I want to get back to these prop bets that Cam's talking about. I really like the idea of mixing it up with the readers like this and that brings us nicely into our milan lucic goal draft update we all drafted we all had 11 games we all looked at the schedule and decided that these were going to be the moments when milan lucic was going to rip it up and that we were going to have a overwhelming victory however what's happened is cam is running away with this contest he had two goals against buffalo he had the one goal against San Jose. Those were two of Cam's first three games. Now he has a three-goal lead, which may be insurmountable. Cam, how do you feel so far? I feel fantastic, and I also just never felt in doubt. Like I knew when I was making my picks that Milan was going to come through to me, and those are my late picks. Those are two picks I made in the latter half of the draft. I've still got my April 6th game, Calgary, at the end of the season. I know he's going to score there. I wouldn't be surprised if he scored twice. Uh, we got a question that came in from Max on Twitter. Has the fact that Coom is the only person with Lucic goals gone to his head yet? And I want to, before I get to Cam's answer, I want to get to you boys. Has this gone to Cam's head, Dan? It's insufferable. It's the, this is <laughs> the worst thing that's ever happened in the office. We, uh, we've had a flood in the office before, and this just 
pale that pales in comparison to this yeah out of all the people for this to happen to of course it's coom like there's no worse person in the office to get have this big of an ego and his head is just like bigger than this room right now and i was i was legitimately excited for coom after the first goal like i was yeah i was was like oh that's cool like lucic got a goal we're all happy and then but i'm at the i'm at the buffalo game and the crowd is celebrating these Lucic goals, and I am just sitting there slunked over. And people are like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, Cam just got another one. And that, you know, they understood. They and got I it. I also ended up on the Jumbotron. You did. That was a big night for you. Very that was probably Milan doing that for you, to be honest. Yeah, Lucic said, all right, I'm going to bury two. Camera guy, please uh, keep your eye out for this handsome looking boy who's going to be in the lower bowl. Get him on the Jumbotron. When he scored the... <laughs> What was more like the first goal he scored against Buffalo was a beauty. That was sweet. Picked yeah. it up, interception, yep. roofed it, hell of a goal. Second one, he just ripped it straight through. <laughs> it's like, like he's closing his eyes and just shout out to Carter that. Hutton for allowing that one to go through. Which one? Like, did you freak out being in the building and having him score two? Oh yeah, the second one. Like after he scored the second one, I genuinely thought he's going to score a hat trick and we're going to close this thing down. Like the the bet's over. We I win. It's game over. Like I thought. I thought it was happening for sure, and I was. I, I couldn't even think about the 7-2 score. Honestly, for me, it was a 2-0 win. I could see Coombs' head swelling from the upper bowl. It, like, I didn't know where he was sitting, but then I, immediately after the second goal, I was like, holy crap. There it is. Uh, that's not a blimp. That's Coombs' head. So here's what I want to float. Here's the idea I have, because I feel like a three-goal lead in the Lucic goal draft is a big problem for the rest of us. I want to add in a side bet on this where we pool the rest of our remaining games. Rick has like half a game left, I think. Rick, myself, Dan, and Chris, we pool our games together in a side bet against Cam. All of us. Okay, and, and against what are Cam. We? So Cam has three or eight games left. The rest of us would have, you know, roughly... 27, I just counted. Yeah, we would have 27 games amongst the other four of us. Do you think that there is something here where the four of us pool our games together against Cam's three goals? <laughs> Well, it, it like it has to. The stakes have to be right. I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, you guys We don't have to settle on this today. I'm I just floating the idea. Frank for uh, so everyone for has to give. This. If we're going to agree to this, everyone has to give me a prized possession. Chris gives me his wedding ring. Uh, Dan gives me whatever property he owns in Halifax, which you'll never hear him talking about it. But Dan used to live in Halifax. Rick lets me become manager of the pint, and Bag Milk gives me Frank. <laughs> So I'm, I'm saying we don't have to come up with a solution right now. I just feel like there's something there, a side bet. We'll have the original bet maintained, but I think that pooling all our games against Cam, there's something there. So yep. they say we win and Cam loses. Do we all just choose a jersey for Cam to win? No. I don't know. I, we have to work that out. Yeah, and I think that uh, with the help of the listeners, the people that are listening to this, that are following along with the Lucic goal draft, maybe there's another idea that we could have. Something that we do if we win... Maybe Cam has to uh, make us all individual cards. That's nice. Do you know what I mean? Maybe like I a, do that every week anyway. A nice painting, a personalized painting yeah. from Cam, something could, that we can I, hang up in the office. I don't know. If you're listening to this right now, right, and you have an a, idea. It's a work in progress. We're going to talk about it going forward. I just think there's something there where we can defeat Cam together because this is an evil that is rising up before us. And I don't know if I'm going to allow this to happen. This, this, is, got, how, the, this is how Lord of the Rings started, isn't it? The evil I've never the seen evil a lot of power yeah, got got three goals from the unlikely hero and and the the four people had to come together to journey to take the ring to the and that's what I'm saying, volcano. man. This could be a journey to defeating Cam. 
<laughs> this can Everyone's be very just defeating. Honestly, I have no idea. That's not the plot to Lord of the Rings at all. I've never seen Lord of the Rings, so I'm just gonna go ahead and buy it. Jared is shaking his head. No, Dan is wrong. So I'm going to assume Dan is wrong. If you if you're listening to this right now and you've got an idea of something that we could do, something that we could bet. This is a side bet. This is bet two. All of us against Cam. Let us know. Tweet at us at ON Radio Podcast or any of our personal Twitters as well at ON Radio Podcast. Also, if anybody could tell us what the plot of Lord of the Rings is for real, if you've seen Lord of the Rings, please also let us know what's going on there. Uh, so this weekend, looking ahead at the gold draft, we've got Dan's got Calgary on Saturday. Chris has Carolina on Sunday. Ooh. Rick has a game against Detroit. And then Coombe comes oh, up again go. after the break, first up in, uh, against Philly on the second. Three games left before the, 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 the break here. Boys, what are you thinking? Dan, how are you feeling about tomorrow? I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, David Riddich is, has been uh, struggling. He got beat up by Buffalo there on uh is it Wednesday? Confidence could be rattled. Yeah. And Mike Smith's going to come in tonight and just shut down the Detroit Red Wings. And then Riddich is going to be feeling the heat from behind him. So Lucic is going to come in, rip another one of those beauties like he did underneath Carter Hutton somehow. And uh, yeah, we're going to have we're going to have our first goal of the new prop bet. Chris, how are you feeling about Sunday? Uh, feeling good about Sunday. I think over the next four games before the break, I expect a if we continue the momentum we've got right now. If we come out with three wins out of the four games, I'm very happy. Uh, if we can go two and two, I'm satisfied. I think Calgary will be the toughest game of the four. We're talking about the goal draft here, not our chances of it. Yeah, your, your chances in the getting a goal against Carolina, man. Oh, yeah. Be selfish. We're being selfish here. Okay, wow. I'm talking about the team, team player. Look, Chris, Chris is a team player. That yeah. shot of vodka rattled Chris. He's off his game. He's just out of it. Uh, the, He's on a different podcast right now. As I said before, I'm always confident with my Leach uh, games. So I'm uh, through the roof on Sunday. Rick, you've got uh, Detroit on Tuesday. This is one of your, is that your last, last pick, Rick. Is he's that got the final one. He's got two more after or three more after that. There's a so whole we've got, lot of season left. We've got <laughs> a lot of season left for Rick. He has got four games total left that I see the one coming up on Tuesday. Then he's got two in late February and then one final one against Vegas in, in March on St. Patrick's Day, which also happens to be Rick's birthday. How are you feeling about Detroit? Do you feel confident? Are you upset that you've wasted most of your games in December? I'm not not upset at all. I showed the the big man some some faith. I uh, I trusted him. I said, you know what? I think you're gonna snap out of this right away. And here's all I have all the confidence in the world in him. I still think I said seven or, six or seven goals by the end of the season. So I'm okay there. If Coombs up three nothing right now, Detroit's not a very good team. I could honestly see Luch getting one, two, maybe even tying it all. I will be relatively close to the ace that day, and I will be bringing a hat to toss on there. And I would love nothing more than to walk out of that game without a hat and tied 3-3-0-0-0 in the Luch draft. Rick, Rick has more to gain from this double or nothing <laughs> than anybody here, so... This is a fair. Uh, this is a fair estimate. Again, if you have an idea for the double or nothing side bet that we could do, hit us up. We're going to talk about it more as the weeks go. Quick th- on. Go quick ahead. Chris. Thought here. Why would we let in Rick into our double or nothing? Since well, he has no games to offer, that's a fair point. Exactly. Chris. I for think us, Rick should be on his own. For us, the punishment has to be more. That's all. Or for for Rick, the punishment would just be more. Like he does have to give up his management job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's and just I, that's I, the I way it the is. All right. That's fair. But uh, yeah. There's, there's just, there's definitely going to be more because Rick's not bringing as many games to the table. That's for sure. Next up, I want to look at Cam's hypothetical from last week. Last week, Cam said, "Would you rather 
Go back to 2015, right before Peter Shirelli was hired as GM. Or would you do Double McDavid? And I just wanted to check in on some of the answers that we got from some listeners because there were people jumping in on this as well. Coom, I know that's very, very exciting for you. Uh, just bear with me here as I'm going back. We have a lot of back in, back in times, Cam. Yeah. A lot of back in times. Is that surprising yeah, to you? That is what I think the correct answer is. I think it's, it's very difficult to overstate just how monumentally Peter Torelli has mishandled this situation. I don't think... Like, quite honestly, if you look at it like this, so think about all the assets that she has pissed away. So, like, we're talking like Hall, Eberle, um, like Matt Barzel, and like all that, like, that value equates to like a second McDavid, really. Looking at the answers here, we have Ryan at Captain Felton says, as a wise man once said, Marty, we have to go back. <laughs> that is a no, no vote, uh, vote for no Shirelli. Steve says, agree with Bag Milk and Rick, you have to go back in time and not hire Shirelli. With the power of hindsight, you'd be able to undo so many mistakes and build a proper team around Connor. Two I, Connors wouldn't allow for a championship. Two Connors wouldn't allow for a championship team to be built. I think Bag Milk last week, you were on the two Connors train, weren't you? No, no, no. no he was, ta- he was no, talking no, about no. you, Dan, and Chris. We're on the uh, on the on the double Connors thing. Okay. I thought that was because you were like you get out. Yeah, I was surprised that more people didn't want to see double Connors. It's like people don't know how good Connor David actually is. I think people just know how dangerous clones are. Well, Rick did bring no, up no, a no, valid no. point where one could be uh, Mecha Connor, where he's super evil, doesn't really like to doesn't really like to play that much. Maybe that's not the bet. Though. Staying up that's, late. That's, how do you? That's not the hypothetical. Hypothetical is two clones, and you can allow... It's a choose-your-own-adventure novel. Yep. Boreal Ninja says, you got to take the time machine option. You can't trust Shirelli. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nuge, maybe Barzil, Eberle, and Hall. That's a good team. It's a good team, but it's not a great team with two Connors. Boreal Ninja follows it up, and he says, a more competent GM could have patched together a defense, I'm sure. Don't need Nashville-type defense with forwards like the Oilers already had. Anybody changing their votes? The two McDavid's? No, nope. uh, you boys are standing firm. Yep, still confident with two Connors. That power play, that the 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 one two power play instead of just having one power play like we do right now. Yeah, that's just matter. like Who cares? doesn't matter. I, I so wait, you're putting the second Connors. you're putting the, the second Con- McDavid on the second power yeah, play. Yeah, I'd be okay. With so that. he's gonna be on the second power play unit with like Brian Spooner and Brandon Manning in front of the net. Like you who, break it up. <laughs> yep. The it's second, fine. like what? Connor makes this the all. First happen. power play can't even score with one McDavid. You're going to have no. two PP1s that can't score. I would put the second Connor on the first power play with the first Connor. And then one of, one of them would one of them would just learn to play right-handed. There's a lot of Connor McDavid haters around this table. I'm there's no such thing as a Connor McDavid hater. We are just looking at an overall picture. We're looking at the big picture. Thank you to Get Sauce for allowing us to look at such a large picture. Go check them out at GetSauce.com. You can send them an email if you like sales at getsauce.com. They'll get back to you with some information, whatever you're looking for. Go check them out at 9620 58th Avenue. Give them a call. Pull out your phone. You've got one. I know it's in your hand right now. 780-462-2418. Cameron, would you happen to have another hypothetical for this week? I've got myself another hypothetical to ask you guys, but I don't know if it's as smooth as the last one. It's a little more complicated. I haven't put as much thought into rounding it out because I keep thinking about it and then I keep getting lost in the rabbit hole of what it means. But so here's kind of what I was asking the table this morning a little bit before you rolled in. Would you give up the like the Oilers next two full years of draft picks if you can take any non 80s player 
So no glory years, no Gretzky, no Curry, no Anderson Fuhrer, none of that. Basically like any like 1990 guy on and have them on the team for the next year at a league minimum cost. Hang on. I got questions. So you have to give up two years two worth years of draft full draft picks. picks. So first through seventh round, yes. that's 14 picks depending on how many they have. Yep. You only get this player back for one season? One year. So it's like a, it's like a rental acquisition. Like think of a mega rental. So like... Like Pronger. You can we'll get 0506 Pronger league minimum for one year. So you can bring him back right now and you have him for this year's playoff run or you can have him starting next season in October. It's no brainer. You have to do that. And which you player are you to. taking? If you're not taking... Are you taking 1992-1993 Vincent Dampus? If you're not taking Pronger... <laughs> I mean, you have to take Pronger. That's, that's the answer right there. He, he led the 06 team Are you telling me Chris Pronger is seven. the answer? Would be. Question for you. So this was a... Chris Pronger 13 years ago. Do you think he can keep up to the game today? No, you're getting, you're no, you're getting, getting him in his prime. So this is continuing off of the time travel thing. What you're doing is you've chosen the time travel technology. You've gone back. And what happened was, is for some reason, you can't dethrone Chirelli. He's a time traveling wizard. Also, he goes back and he protects himself. You have to go back again. <laughs> and you can grab another player and bring him back into the future with you. Because you can't look at this like you're losing 14 draft picks. You have to look at it like you're losing probably three or four good prospects because it's magic beans after the third after the second round of the, of the draft what happens to our uh former oiler after the two years does he, he evaporate he disintegrates Could, do we get to trade him he's like no, he the avengers okay i don't feel so good mr shirelli and then he disappears so dan you are on board with going giving up 14 picks two or three taking up a pronger Type situation for the one year at six fifty or whatever the league. Who who is our GM during? It's this all the same. It's all the same. Everything's okay, the same. So Shirelli is right now. Okay, Imagine well, if we did we... all the hypotheticals as like a continuous thing. <laughs> so now we don't have Shirelli, but we have two Connors. <laughs> do I do this still? So then all we have on our team is a Con McDavid and a Chris Pronger. No, you have the whole but like team. everybody else is around. It's today's roster. Just no plus picks Pronger. for the next two years. Yeah. Oh, so I would draft Connor. Of course I would draft Connor. Okay, so you're doubling down on the last one. You have another Connor. Wait, we can grab another Connor? You can yep. grab another Connor at league minimum for one <laughs> for year. One for year. Your next... you can Instead of the draft picks. So you can have, you can have, have uh, like 2000, I don't know, this year McDavid, I guess. Sure, who cares? Or you can have 16, 17 McDavid. Fuck it. Doesn't matter. Or you could have last year's Taylor Hall. He wasn't an Oiler, though. You have to be, it has to be an Oiler, like from oh, his Oiler okay. year. But then, but then, listen... <laughs> Peter, how do you know Peter Trelli won't trade your player for Magic Beans? Because oh, he didn't say that as a part of the hypothetical, so you don't, I don't have know. to so worry about that. If you want to tell yourself that you acquired 2000, 2001 Doug Waite and Peter Trelli traded him for, I don't fucking know, Max Zuccarello <laughs> or something, then sure, that could be part of your hypothetical if you want your imagination to stretch that far. Oh, man. That just goes to show you how bad Trelli is and how in the other hypothetical you should pick the time travel and not the two McDavid's. What do Chris, you guys I, think? Well, Dan's already in on going back and bringing back Pronger. Because yeah. in Dan's opinion, you're only going to miss out on maybe those top tier picks. And th that's where the damage is. So I can see where Dan's thinking. It's like you're trading Yamamoto, Pugliarvi, and whoever their fucking second round picks, Tyler Benson for Pronger. Like, come on, it's easy. Yeah, but I'm thinking past the two years. Yamamoto, even if he like stays the same for the next two years, you can still trade him for something better. Can you? Yeah. Chris is thinking about post Connor McDavid Edmonton Oilers right now. But if you get if you get 0506 Pronger right now, you you're like a cup favorite. Yes. Are you though? Yes. With our roster, 
Did you see what he did in 06? He led this team to the promised land. Okay, what do you guys think? I want to hear I want to hear what Rick's got here and you guys. No, no, he can't do that. I mean, yes, Chris Pronger was great and all. Uh, we had a lot of help up for uh, up front. We don't have a Pisani. We don't have a Torres. We don't have the... Well, you could say Jason. We don't have the guts and the sweat that that team, that team had. Those guys were getting in the corners. They were getting dirty. There was the intensity level that someone like a Drake brought, but he brought it all the time. This team is still a little too passive. Uh, the only way you do that is if you bring in Pronger and then you turn around and you trade him. But I don't Whoa. think that that's not part of the whole plot. That's not part it can of the whole. Be. Absolutely, it can be. Well, then you have you your... can trade Pronger for uh, Ladislav Schmid. You'd have to trade. I would. It would have to be. I'd be looking at. Uh, I'd be looking at Colorado. I'd want. Uh, I want that Ottawa's first round pick. I, if I sat down, I'm sure I could come up with a trade. <laughs> but no, you got to you got to go with it with the draft picks. Uh, it's not Pete, Pete's not the one who's doing the uh, the 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 drafting. Anyways, Keith's out there doing it. Gretzky's doing a great job. Um, you're looking at Bear and you're looking at Jones. Those guys are both like fours and fives. There's other players out there. Lidstrom's like a seven. Um, you're giving up way too much. A seventh round pick. Uh, you're giving up oh. way too much. You're giving up way too much. And next year when it's over, you're back to where you are right now, and you have nothing in the pipeline. But That's, you also have a Stanley Cup that you can just rest no on. For I don't think. I don't. There's think, no guarantee. So I'm looking at the 2005-2006 Oilers right now. Alex Hemsky led that team with 77 points, and Horkov had 73. Jared Stoll had 68. Smith had 66. Pronger had 56. Looking at the Oilers roster right now. They don't have the secondary scoring of that team. So, would a Chris Pronger being added today, would he make a massive difference? Absolutely. But would that guarantee a cup win? No chance. So, what I'm doing is, yes, I am bringing Chris Pronger back. I'm going to forego the two years of draft picks. I am trading Chris Pronger at the deadline because we know he evaporates. And with the benefit of this hypothetical, I know he's going to evaporate. The receiving team does not know that. So come October, they think they're going to have Chris Pronger in the roster. And all of a sudden, he is just Kaiser Sosaid up into the clouds. Now, who would you get? I'm doing big player. We need a big winger. Like I'm talking, you're going to Colorado, but we want Nathan McKinnon back or something like that. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of hypothetical situation I'm going for. I'm bringing back Pronger, and I am trading him at the deadline. Yes, the Oilers are going to be vilified for this decision, but that is my choice, Chris. Some really fun 3D chess you could do here if you wanted to fuck over, say, the Toronto Maple Leafs and their young nerd GM, Kyle Dubas, with his glasses and his laptop and his calculator and his spreadsheets, is you can say, hey, Kyle, here's your D-man, Chris Pronger, Give me Austin Matthews. Give me Mitch Marner. Yeah, there you go. See, this is what I'm talking about. And then about. their D-man evaporates at the end of the year. And then but they, have like, a, they would have a Stanley Cup. There's no, no guarantees, man. Matthews Any given Mario. Sunday. As we saw with this Oilers team, you can be the eighth seed and go on. But you can put the, the so, you can put Pronger on the Leafs and they'll still lose to the fucking Brewers. So, so listen round. to this then. So would you take Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner right now um, to forfeit your next two years draft picks? Absolutely. What? Come on. Are you saying and or? Like no, Matthews. I guess and like if you would make the pronger both. trade with them, both you wouldn't get players? both of them for pronger right now. The you problem wouldn't. is now we're looking, we're going no. deep down the rabbit hole. The problem is just the cap implications of having both of them. You would have to trade both That's of true. both or one of those guys almost immediately. So back to the original question, I would uh, not take that hypothetical. 
So you're taking the, you're keeping your draft picks. I'm keeping the draft. You guys picks. need to live a little. Live a little. Yeah, man, get a little bit exciting. Get a little bit exciting. Yeah, I want two Connor McDavid's on my team. Because what I'm doing is I'm acquiring 1992-1993 Vincent Dampos to play on the second line. With Some Leon quality Dreisaitl. score. Exactly. That's now you quality have two score. really good scoring lines. Why did nobody consider that? What the fuck is wrong with all of you? <laughs> Maybe Bernie Nichols. He's the uh, third. He, you know what? Bernie Nichols had a hell of a run when he was here. Let's not discount a player like that. You maybe you can trade. What about in your hypothetical? Could you trade a pronger for a different set of past Oilers, like in a two for one scenario? Because pronger is worth Damfus and Bernie Nichols. So I'm trading past pronger for past Bernie Nichols and Vincent Damfus. Don't forget Miroslav Shatan. Of course, yeah. Why what not? if you what if you traded a uh, past pronger for a really good pair of Jason Smith and Steady Steve Steos? We didn't draft Jason Smith though. Yeah, you know what I miss about Steve Stavs? The way he would rim it around the boards every single play. Never Steady. get tired of that. Never get tired of that. Chris Russell could learn from Steve Stavs by rimming it more around the boards instead of going directly to the player he's passing to, generally on the other team. Now. See, I think you people that wouldn't take the former Oiler are, are, are suffering from some kind of Stockholm Syndrome. There it goes. There's the Where, word of the day. Stockholm syndrome. That's but that's bad. Go. But I got it in there. He crowbarred you're, it in. You've been, you've been kidnapped by the Oilers and you just think they can't go on a big playoff run because you don't believe in yourselves. Boys, we are running out of time on this here podcast. So I want to finish things off with a couple of questions from Twitter from some glorious ON radio listeners. Are you ready? I was born ready. At Malignant Manny asks, how badly do you think Peter Shirelli will screw us over before he's fired? Chris, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? I don't know how to answer that. Here's here. Let me put it this way. Let's follow the Eberle trade train, shall we? Eberle for Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom for Ryan Spooner. Ryan Spooner will probably acquire a fourth round pick. So along that train of thought, how badly do you think Peter Chiarelli will leave wanna, the others before I want to have hope and I want to have faith that something is going to work in our favor sooner or later. So he's, I like, I want to say maybe like 90% he'll screw us over badly. But there's still there's still a small percentage that something will work out for us. See, there's two ways we're going to get we're saved here. One, he's screwed up enough that his hands are tied hands are tied so tightly that he really can't screw up that much more. And two, I'm 50-50 on him being GM come February 1st anyways, so there's there's a there's a time factor in here. He may be out of time anyways. I think he does very little damage to what he has adding to the damage he's already done we're okay we're gonna be safe it's hard to really get yeah hard to go any deeper than he has already i think bad things come in threes and (laughs) chirelli hold on bad things come in threes spooner trade was one manning trade was two deadline is three we are gonna see an all new level of meme caliber chirelli trade at the deadline him dealing from a point of desperation to save his job it is gonna be ass backwards and fucked he's gonna trade for a player that probably doesn't exist see i thought he was i thought he was trading from desperation to save his job last summer <laughs> yeah you would think that see like cam's talking about bad things happen in threes but with peter shirley it's multiples of three seems oh, like yeah yeah the square root of three uh along the same vein shyster 19 or at mcjesus 1919 wants to know real quick will peter shirley be around next year dan no chris no cam no Rick Rick says no, and I'm going to say no. Make the playoffs or not, he is gone. Slamming Salmon. Some Sam Ackerhurst. He's Sam, the guy that I'm doing the Colby Sam Cave bet with. Sam Ackerhurst 
What is your favorite piece of Oilers memorabilia? Is it a sign? Is it a jersey, sign, stick, picture, something of sentimental value? Dan, I'll start with you. I'm afraid to admit this because I'm wondering if Slammon's going to try and come and take it from me, but it is my signed Connor McDavid jersey. You have a signed Connor jersey. Is it framed? Uh, not yet. Have you worn it? I have not. I will not. Where is it right now? It's uh, hidden in a fireproof box. Oh boy. Chris? Uh, like a few years ago, some guy on the street uh, sold me a... Um, <laughs> he sold me a piece of ice that was from the 2006 playoffs. Oh, man. So I uh, paid lots of money for that, so that's my uh, favorite memory. Is that true? No, it's not true. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't have much memorabilia. I would say uh, the first Oilers jersey I got since I was a little kid was my most recent... Uh, 97 jerseys, so I'm going to say that. The Are longest you- one I've had is a Doug Waite one from 96, but my, mo- my my best one is a personalized, signed, for Christmas, Connor McDavid jersey. Work went out, went to his house, had it specifically signed for me uh-huh. for that year. So yeah, no, that was directly from him to me. That That's right, number one. So we're three for three for, with Connor jerseys. Cam, what is your most prized piece of Oilers memorabilia? It's either my signed Oilers Laddie Schmid jersey or my signed Oilers George LaRock jersey, which I wear at rotations to the Oilers games. Right now, the Schmid jersey is lucky. I wore it to the Buffalo game and they won big. Isn't that jersey, like, correct me if I'm wrong, is that jersey not a child size? The LaRock one? Yeah, the LaRock one's a kid's XL, the Schmid one's an adult XL. <laughs> what about your Koskin and jersey? You don't oh, like yeah, that? okay. Top three is the uh, Koskin and jersey that I ordered because I went to an Oilers game when they played Dallas, and I did a prop bet where I said if Koskin gets a shutout, I'll buy his jersey. My oh. most prized piece of Oilers memorabilia, I've got a couple. The first near and dear to my heart is, of course, Chris, my Ryan Nugent Hopkins jersey. It is the only jersey I have with a name on it, and it is the only jersey I will get with a name on it. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The second thing I can think of off the top of my head is back in the day, Chris, back in the 90s, the Oilers used to let you just go wait outside the dressing room. A youngster like me would be able to stand at the fence, wait for players to come out, and hopefully they'd wander over and say, hey, bag milk, how you doing, son? You enjoy the game? Here's an autograph. Back in the day, that used to be a thing that happened, Dan. Yep. I remember one day my dad taking me down there and Bill Ranford signing my day, my game day program. So I have got a Bill Ranford signed game day program. He spent a couple of minutes talking to me. Third up, if I'm doing a top three, is going to be with the picture I took with the Polish prince, Marius Tchaikovsky at, <laughs> at Carnival of Champions. Wow. Wasn't that a whim? Well, that wasn't a whim. No, they it? used to hold it at Rexall. I didn't realize that this was a top three list, but I would also have to put in my... Uh, a jersey. So back in the day, young Dan couldn't afford to go to games even then. And so I had a friend that offered to take my jersey to outside of the locker room and he got almost the entire 95, 96 Edmonton Oilers to sign a jersey. And I, I, because I wasn't there, I can't identify half of the signatures. But I did have they put their did they not put their number beside the signature? Some of them did, and then most like you of got them, like Todd Ellick on there. Yeah, and most of them have like just obscure obscured numbers, and and it just it's hard to try and figure out. But yeah, I have a jersey with a bunch of signatures on it. Jim Dowd. There would be some great signatures on that thing that you probably just like if you deep dive into who was on that team, you'd be like, oh wow, Zdeno Seeger, cool. Sometime maybe what I'll do is I'll just try and take a picture of all the signatures and have the nation try and help me figure out who the hell they all are. Yeah, a little crowdsourcing. I bet yeah. they, I bet that could work out. I want to end off today's podcast by talking about next week's podcast. Why, Chris? Because we don't often have guests on this show. Ever? 
Well, we had Corey that one time. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shout out to Corey. Yeah, I'm sure we Corey. Next week, we have got a legitimate guest that all of you are going to enjoy. You're all going to know who this guy is. You're all going to want to hear next week's episode of ON Radio. Thanks again to Sherwood Ford the Giant. Thanks again to Get Sauce. And thanks again for Lot D for playing us out. Shout Ladies out. and gentlemen, have a wonderful weekend. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly. But sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland. And you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.